This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, Tank Girl, Miriam Joar. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joar, and today is Wednesday, July 11th, 2018. My guest is no other than Michael Fisher, Mr. Mobile himself. Hi, Michael. How are you? Miriam, I'm great. I feel like you and I just hung out. I feel like I just saw you. Yeah, something about being in Europe together on that Huawei trip, <laughs> Some right? crazy, hazy blur of like three countries in four days and a lot of, not a lot of sleep and, um, and a lot maybe of a few cocktails. And a lot, a lot of, of like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we both, uh, in case you guys are wondering, uh, you folks listening, we were all reviewing the BlackBerry Key 2 on that trip. So it was like a blur <laughs> of trying to finish a review while getting wine and dined oh. by Huawei. Very nicely, I might add. Oh, yeah. I and, felt so bad, though, every time that I had to be like, I this whatever you guys are about to do as a group sounds great. I need to go sequester myself for three hours and, you know, finish this edit of this BlackBerry video. Totally. But they were cool. They were cool with it. No, they were very understanding and rightfully so. And I mean, they gave us some really cool stuff. Like, um, you know, I, I, to me, the, the highlight was the Leica uh, tour, right? I mean, getting going to ah. headquarters and doing the Q and A with the uh, the folks, so we could ask tough questions about the uh, <laughs> about the camera. And and if you guys don't know what we're talking about, uh, you should watch our videos, our respective. Well, I don't actually have a video specifically about this trip, but I do have a podcast. Two podcasts ago, uh, I think it's episode sixty two, where I interviewed um, one of the Huawei folks about the camera, one of the specialists. So that was cool. It was, yeah. the uh, The highlight of my uh, of the trip for me was the visiting the aesthetics research office where we learned about that crazy twilight paint job. And I didn't do a video either. I did do an Instagram TV episode. Currently, my only Instagram TV episode. So uh, check that out. See, I, I mainly talked about the Leica stuff. Yeah, I knew you had done something. So that's why. Okay, IGTV. Yeah. That's where yeah. it is. So check the it new out. New platform. Um, I'll link to it. Uh, if I can find it, can you link to an IGTV video? That's is a really a good question. If you can, I'll, I'll, I'll copy it to you. <laughs> All right, I'll try. Um, cool. But anyway, so today I want to talk about my Model 3, which I took delivery of on Friday, July 6th. And yes. as a preamble, I just want to say that Michael is completely saving my ass today because I did a podcast about this with Tim Stevens, my <sighs> former boss at Engadget and editor-in-chief of Roadshow. Because we specifically wanted to do an EV episode together. And that podcast died a painful death due to technical difficulties that were my fault. And so we've rescheduled that for a future time, which is good. But I want to thank you, Michael, for being on on short notice and still being excited about the Model 3 and talking about it. Because, you know, there's a lot to say. <laughs> we'll still there cover is. some phones. Don't worry. There's, there's going to be some phone coverage. We've got you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, uh, and I can't wait to share uh, to share our unique Model 3 experience, the one we shared together uh, <laughs> in a second. But we're going to talk about your unboxing first, right? Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, so, <laughs> look, um, I, I don't know. It was a mixed bag of a delivery for me, really, frankly. Uh, I just uh, I just basically was like, showed up at four o'clock, which was my delivery time. And then at, what was it? Like, it didn't take, like, basically nobody really greeted me. I had a person say, oh, what are you here for? And I was like, my Model 3 delivery. And, well, I'll go into this little lounge, and there were a lot of people waiting. There's a coffee machine. There was, like, a screen playing, like, 
Tesla ads, basically. But it wasn't. This is really... that just a regular Tesla store? Yeah, it's a Tesla store okay. that you know it's a delivery center that they have in Portland. Uh, because I took I choose to take delivery in Oregon because all my vehicles are registered there, and mm-hmm. and so you know it was weird because you know after watching all the delivery videos, you know where. They had baristas, and it was like kind of very one-on-one. This felt kind of a little disjointed already. And I was like, okay, whatever. Um, so nobody really talked to us until somebody showed up at like 4.20, basically saying, oh, hey, you're all here, uh, and basically calling out our names as a group, basically. And they did this mm-hmm. as a group thing, which was really weird. Um, it is. How big a group were you stuck with? Like five people total, oh, you know? Okay. And I mean, five, you know, it's not too bad. Five and they're, you know whatever their friend slash partner slash spouse slash, you know, other person. And yeah. And so that was a bit off-putting, not really knowing where we're the, you know, are we in the right place? What are we supposed to do? Um, it didn't feel like it had that personal touch. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you know, look, I want to preamble this by saying that, of course, you know, there's a huge backlog of Model 3s that are finally being delivered in July because they stopped delivering them to the U.S. in, in June in order to reach the next quarter for the 200,000th delivery, right? right. Um, in case you guys don't know what I'm talking about, basically, you know, you can get a federal tax refund or whatever, break, discount, $7,500, which is not insignificant by buying an EV. But that that thing starts fade, like to phase out after 200,000 cars <laughs> delivered in the U.S., yeah, so which is a huge incentive to get an electric vehicle before that right. expires. And so, of course, Tesla's made a lot of Model S's and Model X's. So they were getting fast closer to this to this number, and it became obvious to them, I think, towards the end of spring that they were going to reach that number in June. And so it's quarterly based. So basically, the first quarter that you reach that magic number, um, those people still get that that quarter still gets the discount. The next quarter, I believe, also gets the discount. Then it goes down to uh, three quarters. Then it goes down to one half and then one quarter. Then the so following the quarters. longer you wait to buy one, the more you're going to end up paying, basically. That's one thing. But for people like me who ordered on April 23rd, you know, originally I thought I was going to get my car in two, three weeks because that was the going duration for this deliveries at the time. Yet I waited till, you know, like a month and a half, well, two months almost, to get my car because they decided to start shipping cars in June to the U.S. for doing U.S. deliveries and send them all to Canada, which is why mm. you Canadian friends got all your Model 3 suddenly <laughs> in June because that, that doesn't count towards the quota, right? So mm. um, so there's this thing where, you know, I was my basically my, my thing was delayed. And I have to say, like, other than one email saying your order has been delayed to late June, early July, and I got that, that email in early June, there was no communication from Tesla. I mean, basically, I paid my deposit. I made my built my car, paid my deposit. I got an email saying, you know, confirm that you paid your deposit. We'll be in touch about your delivery and crickets for weeks. And I, it wasn't very pleasant, to be honest. I wish there was some more kind of like, uh, yeah. I don't mean personal touch, but something a little bit more like maybe a weekly or two every biweekly, you know update or something and then this well, email... doesn't surprise me much i've heard the same from people who want to cancel you know for people who cancel their pre-order and they want their thousand dollar check like they'll submit and they don't get any acknowledgement that their that their order or their uh, refund has been processed they just kind of a couple weeks later they get a check in the mail like there's no communication <laughs> or at least that's how it was a couple months ago it's very silicon valley yeah and it's kind of you know i've got more to say about that it's interesting anyway so basically what happened was 
I didn't get anything, just this generic email saying you're not going to get your car until late June, early July. And of course, if, you know, I, I put it together very quickly from talking to various people that this this was what they're doing with the 200,000, trying to hit the 200,000 delivery with the U.S. in July instead of June so that everybody gets a discount a bit longer, which I think is really good strategy. But, you know, and I know that it's they're damned if they communicate that, because can you imagine the backlash, oh, right? Man. But they're also yeah. damned if they don't, which is really what happened, right? So, right. so anyway, then I get an email, like, completely randomly... Uh, a few days before we went to Europe together, and mm-hmm. from a, a, a Tesla, what is it called? A Tesla delivery specialist, uh, who basically said to me, "Okay, your car is built, and we can schedule delivery." And then I, <laughs> and I think when that communication was happening was at the beginning of our trip because I initially thought I might be picking it up on July third, but right. uh, they couldn't really make that happen, so it was July sixth. And so basically that that week, I have to say that's the part that rocked. The Casbah, the part where this person at Tesla, an email and I were communicating, even though I was in a different country and everything was just happening. Like, and then I put them in touch with my credit union, where I have a person there, and they're my credit union is super like uh, they're Silicon Valley based, so they're super tech savvy. Like they do everything by email and online, and mm-hmm. I put them together. I put them in touch. And they and just worked they it did out. it. They all worked it out. It was like <laughs> magic, you know? It this was is a credit so union good. that you were using to finance the, the car, right? Correct. Okay. And so I was like, this is the future. This is awesome. Like, they figured it all out. And, uh, you know, there was a bit of my input. I had to make a Skype call at one point during our trip to verbally confirm that, you know, I was happy with the loan and the numbers and everything. But mm-hmm. I mean, basically, that was all. And then they, they took it all took care of it all for me, including registration and everything else. So Yeah, that then, is one of the things that continues to make me just feel so warm and fuzzy about the idea of buying a Tesla, because the buying experience is so the opposite, or is from what I've been hearing, is so much the opposite of the traditional, like, walk into a car dealership and get ready to get taken advantage of in every possible way and have your arm twisted and have, you know, just deal with these high-pressure situations and these, you know, very unpleasant people. And uh, by the way, I I'm sorry for the generalization, but my uh my girlfriend used to work in the car business, so I have a very very negative association with I mean, with I, th- a I lot think it's it. true for anyone. Like I I you know, I've had some relatively decent experiences purchasing. Mostly I've leased cars in the past when they mm-hmm. were new. So I, and it's still it's, been, it's like you never really know what you're going to get. Whereas with right. this, like I knew how much my monthly payment was like before they, you know, pretty much before the delivery day. With my credit, yeah, which know, is fantastic because the, f- the price was fixed. So all we had to do was add, you know, like uh, the taxes. There's a tiny amount of tax you pay in Oregon. One of the reasons mm-hmm. I didn't take delivery in California is because, you know, there's less uh, there's less sales tax or uh, yeah. in here. So and then you okay. know there there's other things like uh, there's a registration fee, and then of course I got gap insurance, which if you know what that means is in case a car gets totaled, they basically I basically don't have to pay the difference between a new one and the old one. Oh, um, nice. And that's a I good, did not know what that meant. Yeah, that's something that you should always get when you get a new car, especially if you finance it, because it is uh, your SOL, right? And as you yeah. know, Teslas get totaled very easily because the repair costs <laughs> yeah. are usually very high. Yes. Um, the only thing I had to do in addition on my own once I got back from Europe was call my insurance agent with the VIN number and the initial mileage and say, here, can you add this to my insurance policy and tell me how much more it's going to be? And that they did it. And that was that. And then I got an insurance card, which I, uh, PDF, which I emailed to Tesla 
And also my 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 credit union wanted it because they want to make sure that they want to know the car is being insured instead of they're paying mm-hmm. for it. And mm-hmm. so that was it. That was I mean it was flawless in terms of the transaction. The transaction was amazing on paper, like the paper transaction. They you know well it wasn't paper; it was virtual. But um, it was the delivery that was just like okay. Mm. You know. I'm curious about that, though, because I've only seen it on video and I'm only looking at the render of my hypothetical Tesla on the screen right now. And this is the, I'm seeing all this on like a computer screen. How was you and I have chosen the same color? How was that that it's blue, right? Yeah. So it's an how interesting is it blue. in person? Deep blue metallic paint. So $1, in $1. the showroom, like I, 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 I did a bit of a color correction. Uh, just so you know that that video, which I will link in my show notes in case you haven't seen it yet, uh, is on my YouTube channel, and it is you know a seven minute video of my delivery, and and I try That's to color, cool. I try to color uh, adjust it a little bit so that I think the color that you see at reveal time ma- matches the best. Uh, actually, cool. most most of the color uh, you'll see the the car is shown in different settings indoors in a showroom and then outdoors in kind of a sun setting like late day, uh, late summer day lighting. And mm-hmm. I tried to do the color matching best I could to what my eyes saw, and you okay. know using my MacBook as a as a as a screen which has a pretty accurate color rendering. So it is a darker blue than you think don't think subaru blue you know like the sti wrx blue don't think uh yeah like is it like deeper than honda fit just to get yeah, fully I was in the weeds say, it's deeper oh than God, honda fit deeper totally than like <laughs> in each other's brain i was just gonna say if you know what the honda fit blue looks like yes. it's deeper than that it's deeper than that yeah, wow that's deeper. a pretty dark blue to begin with so yeah, that's interesting. it's interesting because as soon as there's shade it looks dark it looks like almost like a navy metal metallic and then mm-hmm. as soon as there's sun it just radiates it, it just becomes you know how the one plus six and red radiates the redness yes that's yeah the it luster. almost gets orange and it light. looks yeah. like that in the in sunlight the sunlight kind of uh, like pulls the color out and it really looks amazing it looks in sunlight. incredible inside even i was just watching your video at the one minute mark when you're kind of pulled back inside and it's like oh wow it's very dark blue but it's that liquid it's it's really yeah, it's, it's super sexy. Okay, it does cool. get dirty very easily though. I, I've I've noticed that there's a very clear layer of dust all over my car right now. Just sitting mm-hmm. outside for what less than a week. You know um, that was one of the points I made. You know we all get so caught up in this in the kind of um, elation of newly purchased things and Teslas are all new and shiny because they're all new. But I borrowed a P100D for a day to shoot a video here in Boston and now it was it's black and I looked at it after literally half the day. I'm like wow. This gets dirty just as fast as a regular car does. So that, that's I mean, something to keep in mind. My Golf R before, you know, a few years ago, it was a, was a, a bl- like a special black. It was like one of those black with metallic freck, like flecks in it. It, mm-hmm. it. it looked black, but if you looked under the sun, you could see basically kind of like glitter in the paint. I don't know how to explain oh, yeah. it more than that. Yeah. So it wasn't just a normal Powder black. Powder coat or whatever. And, and that thing got... Like the same thing as the Tesla. It was just like you looked at it two days after being outside and it was just, you could see a, th- a clear layer of dust and dirt on it. Yeah, w- wouldn't you think there'd be a way to like just imbue a static charge to the, <laughs> to the shell of a car by now where it's like, oh, it just doesn't get dusty. That well, my happen. theory is that as an EV, it creates a charge and attracts the particles. I'm like, just kidding. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but anyway, let's finish uh, quickly with the delivery. So basically, you know, it was a little chaotic at the beginning because like nobody really greeted me. When they finally did greet me, they're like, oh yeah, just go over there. And then I get mm. to this room and it's lot, lots, of, lots of strangers there. I'm like, are these people are waiting for service for their Tesla? Because the service center is right next door, right? So like mm-hmm. you get the showroom, you get the delivery room and you get the service center and they all have doors to this waiting area. 
right? And so I'm thinking mm-hmm. these, these can't all be deliveries, right? Like there's no way, right? And well, it turns out half of them were. And it wasn't until about 20 minutes after arriving that somebody chimed up and you know, read out our names. And they actually forgot one person who was like, oh. uh, I'm here for my oh. car. It was oh. like, I was like, wah, wah. yeah. And look, the folks were really lovely. I just want you to know that I could tell they were overworked and they were very friendly and they were trying their hardest to be, to do the best job they could. But it's clear that now that Tesla is trying to basically, after taking a break to delivering cars in the US for a month, is, you know, clearly delivering a lot of them right now. And these folks mm-hmm. are not being able to keep up. And, you know, at first I thought, oh, maybe it's just Portland. Because, you know, Portland's very good at, um, you know, at being a little slower than other places. And <laughs> mm-hmm. and I think it's on purpose. It's like, you know, Portland likes to relish the fact that they're a place where people can enjoy their lives and take their time about stuff. So sure. I was willing to adjust for that. But I felt like it was way beyond that. It was way too slow. So anyway, they gathered our names and they said, you know, as a group, we're going to show you um, you know, we're going to do a basically a, a walk around the car, one of the cars, so you can learn about the car, the basics of the car. Oh, that's and a they, good idea. And they used my car because it was the first one uh-huh. in the in the delivery center. So, um, the you know the person like basically walked us through all the things and how to like set up our our phones with our you know they basically used oh with the app the, yeah the app so that I was the first one to you know use the app to pair my phone to the car etc and and all that good stuff and that's also when I looked at I finally got to see the charge level and it said 175 miles and I was like mm-hmm. what and you like, got the what I'm, the 310 right 310 yeah and so yeah. and I see the car was plugged in but it wasn't plugged into a supercharger or to a Tesla even charger it was plugged into through its um, you know, the, the, that it comes with little th- charger that's in the bag in the back mm-hmm. through a, it was plugged into a dryer plug, a NEMA, uh, 1450. And so certainly it was charging faster than a wall socket, but it wasn't right, so charging you 220 or like, 240 you know, or whatever Basically like I looked on the app and it said something like four hours before full charge. And I was like, right, this is not cool. Like, like clearly I'm going to have to wait around to this, for this char- car to be fully charged or take it unfully charged to my home and finish it or mm-hmm. uh, find a supercharger somewhere. So I, I did, I immediately expressed my concern about that. And the person said, oh, don't worry. We have a supercharger in the back. As soon as we're done this, uh, this intro, well, we can bring it out there if you'd like and charge it up. And I was like, okay, okay. good. But it's still like 45 minutes, right? To go from like right. 175 miles to whatever. No, I didn't want to go all the way to 100, but say to 90, which is 285 miles. So anyway, so I was just a little miffed at that point, but you know, I got in the car and I set up my mirrors and I set up my, my steering wheel and all that stuff. And I paired my phone for Bluetooth, which by the way is a separate pairing than the key. Um, <laughs> and I paired Theo's phone for Bluetooth because there's no AUX input. Theo tends to use the AUX every time we're in, in one of our cars, you know, they just, oh yeah, just, it's just quick. Well, it's, you don't have to worry easier, about pairing. It just works. Yeah. Right. So as long as you still have a headphone jack in your yeah. phone. Sure. And, the, and they have an iPhone five SE, uh, not a five SE, SE, just SE. Okay. So they have a headphone jack, but I, sure. I was like, well, I guess you're gonna have to pair it. And there's no, there's no AUX input and there's no XM radio, which I knew by the way. And I want you to know this, like, I'm not a huge XM radio fan, like I could live without it, but we do a lot of long road trips in our vehicles and we have a portable XM radio that we switch from vehicle to vehicle that has an auxiliary output and an FM modulator. Um, mm. And we like it because we like, you know, we're, we're 
cranky old 80s kids so we like to listen to uh you know 80s or, on eight or whatever yeah right? what is it? yeah. Uh, channel 33 uh, Brave, uh, uh what is it is it Something new wave, something I can't. Oh, can't I don't know. I'm a '90s on nine kid myself. Oh, you you are? just like to listen to uh, "Living in a Box" on repeat. Ah, <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> what, what is it called? I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, we we have this one station, and every now and then it's nice. When you're in the boonies, you don't have any LT on any of the. You know, I, I like you oh, carry yeah. a lot of phones with a lot of SIMs, and sometimes when I'm in the camper van, like you know, traveling to through like the boonies, there's right. nothing now. It's less likely to happen in the, mo- in the Model 3, but, you know, it's still would be nice to have XM. And I think they removed it simply because of cost. And most people, you know, the thing has Slacker yeah. uh, built in and it has, uh, what's the other one? The, the iHeartRadio or something yes, or oh, TuneIn. TuneIn. So it's Slacker and TuneIn. And between those two, honestly, yeah, you can get quite a bit of free music over else. Yeah. I'm like you though. I like, you know, I like to do it through my phone. It's the same with, it's why I like GM. It's like, uh, the, you know, all these cars put in their custom nav solutions and GM is just like, no, we're just going to make it compatible with CarPlay and Android Auto. And I'm like, great. I would prefer to do it on my phone anyway. Yeah. And Tesla doesn't let you do that. And that drives me yeah, crazy. Yeah, so that's the other thing. There's no CarPlay or Android Auto. For, honestly, yeah. I'm not too upset about that. And I'll tell you why. Because first of all, I have never had a car with it. So it's not like mm. I miss it. And secondly... Okay. Because I tend to actually not want to be notified when I'm like I I want to kind of no, be I'm off. Not, when I'm, I'm talking not, about for nav though. Oh, for nav. Know? Well, it has a really awesome nav built in, right? That's yeah, the thing about the model. 3. It's pretty good. I mean, and it is cool that it lets you know if you put in a destination that's too far away. It's like, hey, you don't yeah. have enough charge for that. Here's a supercharger. And honestly, no Google app is going to replace that. You really pretty much Very need true. the supercharger awareness, and so. And That's it's a such point. a big screen, and I like the S and the X. The Model 3's um, hardware, like computer oh. hardware, is super fast. So yeah, it's much the more thing responsive. It's so responsive. It just fe- honestly feels like a brand new iPad to me. Um, <laughs> yes. There's no lag, there's no delay. It just every touch, all the touches register. It's like no car entertainment you've ever used uh. from any manufacturer. Trust me on this. I've tried a whole bunch. Hold on. I mean, no, that's, that is true, but that is still, I will say this, it does not feel like the 120 hertz iPad Pro. Like that's, okay. that's next level no. liquid stuff. No. You're talking like new iPad no, no, I'm talking about a regular right? price iPad. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shrink okay. it, you All know, right. stretch it up to 15 inches is basically what it feels, and put it in landscape. That's basically what it feels like. <laughs> right. Like right. a brand new, whatever the regular iPad is that just launched there. Yeah. Um, and so, so I'm pretty happy with the, in, in, Honestly, with the uh, the the tech in the car, in terms of like the the screen and the entertainment and the controls, mm-hmm. uh, it I was really surprised that I totally did not notice like or mind the lack of instrument cluster. It really was a non-issue, despite the fact oh, that yeah. that's all I'm used to in my normal cars. Same. And, and I'm a really I'm a driving enthusiast. I want those gauges, and in this car, it's just I can always see the the speed from the corner of my eye. It's really not an issue. It just doesn't bother me at all. It's totally you know, fine. The- crazy thing with me is after just i think three days of driving the model three i was driving my rental car back to like fly home from where i was and i kept my eyes kept darting to the non-existent center display to Uh check my speed on this rental car and i was like wow i got used to that quick and i really didn't expect to that was my number one concern so 100 percent with you on that yeah i mean it's just kind of amazing when you think about it because it's like I'm like, it took no time whatsoever. And that's some, I yeah. thought that was going to be a learning curve. Honestly, what's more of a learning curve for me is that I, I have no key. And, and it's like, I'm so used to mm-hmm. pulling out a key or a remote or something. <laughs> and and that you don't have to start the car. You just push the brake and you you know put it in drive or reverse and off you go. And and that is just weird. And, and also, you know, 
I have a routine when I get in a car. Even my Porsche, which is, you know, a little older, doesn't have auto headlights or auto wipers or anything. So it doesn't have even daytime running lights. So I tend to turn the headlights on when I'm driving in the daytime because it's such a low strong car that, you know, I don't, I want to be seen, especially since I drive pretty, you know, pretty, (laughs) I like to enjoy my drives. So I want people Uh people to not be surprised by me suddenly sneaking up on them. So I have my headlights on all the time. So I, you know, I get in my car. The first thing I do is I put the key in the ignition and I generally start the car and then I turn on the headlights and you know, I'm used to turning on my own wipers. I'm used to turning on my my high beams. You know, if I need them. Oh right? yeah. And you all of that, that is complete. No, you can <laughs> manually do it, but all oh, of yeah, it is automated. There's no sense doing it. And honestly, you don't need to worry about it. And right. to me, there's such a parallel here between the original iPhone and mm-hmm. and and the phones that that came before it. You were a power PC user, right? Like a Pocket PC, I mean... Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Windows, Windows Mobile, Mobile Windows right? Mobile Professional Edition. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And you, you could customize you everything. some Simeon phones maybe and some Blackberries. And you remember yeah, how on the early smartphones, you pretty much had to manage power yourself. You'd be like, oh, I need to turn mm-hmm. off the GPS now. Oh, I need to turn off the oh, Wi-Fi geez. now. On my first smartphone, I didn't. it didn't even turn on the backlight behind the keys uh, by itself. You had to do that with a dedicated button. Yeah, you had to manage so, everything so you manually. Get into a, you kind of got into a routine. And then the iPhone broke all that because it just make all of that, made all that irrelevant automatic you could <laughs> right. still manage it by why would you because ultimately the battery wouldn't suffer too much from letting the the os manage it but and the it's the same with the tesla model 3 it's like to me it's a that's the toughest it's kind of breaking that routine that paradigm that i had uh and of well, course it is you know it, well I'm, that parallel exists elsewhere in the in the tesla experience as well i always say that you know because whenever i run a tesla video i get the equal parts commenters who are in love with the brand and then the commenters who are like why do you why do you you know uh, lavish so much praise on these guys they're not doing anything new they're just repackaging existing things i'm like yeah but first of all not exactly true but for the items that that is true for tesla has managed to make a lot of these features cool it's managed to force people to pay attention to them in a way they really hadn't before and that's exactly what apple did with continues to do to this day with in particular the iphone so i mean and I, there's 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 value in that cuz personally i have to be honest with you i did not care about cars before i started learning about tesla yeah and, absolutely you know I, even electric cars i mean I, yeah I, I review the the gm stuff and i like and i enjoy it and i like getting to know it but I would prefer to be in a Tesla uh, most of the time. Totally. I think the the big thing for me is that they're they're basically reinventing the way you you interact with your car. Mm-hmm. And I think and I think the re, and and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that with the the car, the traditional car industry, just like the traditional phone industry, the Nokia's and the Blackberries of the world, who did not want to believe that you know <laughs> yeah. there there needed to be a paradigm shift. I'm not sure there needs to be a paradigm shift, but it certainly makes sense to look at how we interact with a vehicle in a re- in a fresh new way and say like what are like what do we really need to care about now like today mm-hmm. right and do you really need to care about turning on your headlights? No, I mean that is right. something. I mean the number of people who choose to not turn auto mode on their headlights on their car and drive around at night with just their daytime running lights because then <laughs> because they have a, a backlit dashboard and don't realize that their headlights aren't on that only exists because auto is not the default mode right right 
So fact, some folks would smash their remote controls to pieces and still get up to change the channels on the TV. It's it's fine. You I know, mean, it's just a yeah. lifestyle choice. That's okay. Absolutely. But I, my point is, like, you know, maybe we don't need that. Like, maybe we can just, like, maybe we can declutter the experience, right? I think that's right. kind of where it's at. Like, the iPhone decluttered the experience and... The model, the well, the Tesla cars declutter the experience to some extent, and the Model Three certainly pushes it further with a single display. Whether that's right or wrong is not, you know, for me to decide. It's really for you to choose at this point. I think that you have the choice to not buy a Tesla if you don't want to, right? Indeed. But I will yeah. say that I have a feeling that a lot of car, the car makers are going to follow the way, right? Because you know they need to stay competitive. And I think uh, they have to. Yeah. Know, Jaguar with the I Pace. Um, uh, Mercedes with the EQC. Exactly. And then there is yeah. a Porsche with the Taycan and um, also known as the Mission E right now. And mm-hmm. but, but to succeed, I think what they're going to need is the second foot, you know, that needs to drop for them, which hasn't dropped yet, which has for Tesla, which is, as we know, supercharging. Because yes. look, if you ask me, would you have gotten an EV if, if like, wh- wh- why did you buy a Tesla and did not get an EV from someone else? Then first answer is range. But mm-hmm. that could be remedied. Like the Bolt has a pretty decent has, range. The yeah, I-Pace has a pretty decent range. But mm-hmm. those are useless to me because right now there's no charging network. And I'm not about to just drive my car around town or go. I, first of all, I don't commute to work. Like, look, there's a total legitimate need and use for cars like the Soul EV and the Fit EV and the Leaf and even the, the, sh- the, the Bolt and the Volt. Prius Prime. Prius and, Prime, yeah. like, you know, plug-in hybrids. Absolutely, mm-hmm. because some people can just commute on electricity for very and don't need the mileage, and that's Definitely. all the car is used for. But to me, my in the way I live, it's, it doesn't make sense. I don't need to. I don't need to commute, and I just need to run errands and or travel long distances. And if I travel long distances right now, I have the choice of doing it, you know, for leisure, which is my Porsche Boxster. S, or I can do it for, uh, you know, like long distances, road trip style, and that's what the camper van is for, or I need to get from one city to one city super efficiently, and that's where the Tesla comes in, because I'm I'm often back and forth between SF and Portland. And, and to be clear, the, 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 another, you know, the, all those other charging standards do exist. That we have all kinds of options in the Northeast here for charging your electric oh, same car. With us. But yeah. the speed is, I mean, it's just... It is crazy to throw the Tesla on a supercharger and go into like a Wawa or a Panera Bread for a literally 25 or 30 minutes and get, what is it, 175 miles out yeah, of a supercharger? Exactly. That's, cr- that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And that's the thing. That's the difference, right? It's like nobody else has reached that and then have, has deployed a network. It's coming. I, you know, when Tim and I were talking yesterday, he said, you know, that they're there's a group of automotive companies aggressively working together to to create to build a, a net a network that's parallel to the Tesla supercharger network for these what's upcoming that, EVs. What's that standard called? Do we know? Uh CC something. Can't okay. remember. It's the char- It's the standard that's used in Europe. It's DC charging. Uh, but basically, it will benefit all these new cars that are coming, including the ones that are already out, like the Bolt. Uh, and the idea is, you know, that it's multi-car, multi-manufacturer. And apparently it's going to be rolled out. They should have about 5,000 uh, charge points by 2019. So wow. that's, it's rolling out fast. And Good. it has to. And, and because then I will have more choices when the time comes to update yeah. from my Tesla Model 3 to something else, right? And more choices always great. And that's, you know, I'm not, like, I have a lot of respect and admiration for what Tesla's done because I've been following them 
from the early days, mostly because I was, when I worked at Engadget, I was lucky to drive the Model S as the first non-car journalist. So I was the nice. first tech journalist to drive one. And it blew my mind. <laughs> as a car enthusiast, I was like, this is what an electric car should be. And that's when I knew I eventually would want a Tesla. And when the Model 3 came around, I was like, the Model S is a little too big for me and it's too expensive. And so this is the car I want. And so I put my money down and it took me two and a half years to get there. <laughs> but but the point is, it's it's really interesting. I'll give you some numbers for that. I only have about 80 miles on the odometer, really. So when I started out with seven, so, you know. Now, that must be such a cool feeling. So it's way. not, yeah. So it's not like I've driven much. Mostly I've run like one, two mile errands several times a day, covering maybe 10 to 15 miles a day since I got in the car. And, mm -hmm. and what I'm finding is that I'm really using up twice the energy that the uh, you know twice as much energy as the distance indicates so basically for for you know two miles like per mile of you know two miles of charge or, or range per mile of actual travel and the reason for that is because they're very short trips every time i get in the car i have to cool the car down inside right because the right. summer air conditioning oh. needs to be blasted and mm -hmm. then also because i'm a have i have a heavy foot the torque is so addictive i'm just <laughs> yeah. blasting that well, thing how did and you I'm... put it before you said it you said it so uh diplomatically you were like uh because i drive expeditiously uh, I, I, I like to enjoy my drive <laughs> yes i drive expeditiously <laughs> expeditiously um, is nice yeah word, no yeah. i'm the same way i like to pull some g's not unsafely i just like to 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 um what use the car to the um use the car for the assets that it that it uh offers. promotes yeah, that sure. it offers yeah and god that you're right that torque that instantly available power is so 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 convenient and when I, you you see a hole in traffic like a you're car, in that hole if you exactly. think you are it's you like can squirt wow. right into the flow of traffic it's great passing there's a one of my Model Three videos has me passing a big semi really quickly or something, and I'm like, that's great. I don't want to hang out beside a big tanker truck for very long. You know, you just scoot by. Exactly, and don't get me wrong. Like, it's not like uh, you know, I'm I'm not used to a fast car. My Boxer S is pretty damn fast, but it, you have to put a lot of effort into it. Like, you can feel it's working really hard. <laughs> Whereas yeah. with the you know the Tesla's like meh. It's like yeah, the right. car almost shrugs. Like, okay. What else yeah, the Tesla's like, yeah, I mean, I, I prefer to be going this fast. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of amazing. So I've learned that basically with my current use, I can just charge it every other night by plugging mm -hmm. into just a 110 volt outlet and I recoup my charge that I've used for two days at the current rate of doing 10, 15 miles a day. You plug it into 110? What, do you just run along well, through have, your window or something? I, I, well, I have a, 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 a 110 plug in my driveway, so it's, just, it's right there. Okay. I have cool. a NEMA 1450 further away in the, 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 the laundry room. I can unplug my dryer. But I'm obviously going to get a Tesla, um, dedicated Tesla charger at some point. I just need to get around to it. Um, yeah. But you know, between that, between the fact that there is charging stations available in my in both SF and Portland in my neighborhood that are like either through ChargePoint or Blink or Volta, which as you know is free, uh, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like Fred Meyer, which is a supermarkets chain here, has them in their parking lot. Yeah. I mean, and they're all like um, level two, so I, they charge relatively fast compared to 110 volts. You know, mm -hmm. so I have some options. So basically, the way I'm planning to do it is get to a 80% charge. Um, you know, locally, and then hit the the freeway and supercharge the rest of the way, right? On my yeah. on my travels between uh, Portland and SF, and I think it's you gonna work out. Basically, the perfect place. For, I mean, for, SF uh, is a bit more of an issue because I don't have a driveway because I, I I park on the street, so I'll have to find you know local 
uh, chargers to yeah. My Volta headquarters is a block away, so they have two chargers right there. Boom. Well, that's my issue right now. <laughs> Electric cars adoption is rather low in my neighborhood, um, but so I have one EV charger that's not very far from my apartment at all because I I too have to deal with on the street parking. But there's no one ever there in that you know city hall EV charger, so I just throw the car in there overnight and whenever i have a review car that needs it then it just it's 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 wonderful absolutely not gonna last though yeah no so I, it seems i have a pretty good routine at east for portland right now and and then you know yeah. but i'll get a full i get a i get a charger here. there's no point it's not it's not very expensive 500 bucks for a charger installation will probably be another 500 bucks it's not i mean it's a yeah. it's not cheap but it's not like oh my god i'm gonna have to save my pennies kind of money so can i say i love one point in your uh, model three observations post which, which one the, where you point out the thing the same thing that i was dealing with on the p100d here in boston like these things you know they're, they're kind of like phones in that they work well and then they don't and then they're buggy like <laughs> the, i mean i couldn't get my rear view camera to turn on. the computer on me yeah, yeah. Well, did no, you have to reboot it with yeah, the double i did yeah, i mean basically yeah. no, the, don't worry i wasn't driving at the time I, but i pulled up to a restaurant to grab some food we ordered you know to to, to pick up and so mm-hmm. I literally, I'm in the restaurant for two minutes, tap to pay, get out with my food, get back in the car. And I noticed that like the car unlocks, so it's clearly awake and aware or that I'm around, like with it detected my phone. I'm in the car and the screen is blank. And so I'm like, <laughs> tap the screen, nothing happens. I put it in drive, nothing happens. I'm like, okay, this is not good. So what did I do? I kept my foot on the brake and I pushed the two uh, steering wheel Joysticks. buttons in, which is yeah. basically the uh, reboot mode. It's the hard reset. Yeah. Not, not factory <laughs> reset, but hard reset. And uh, yeah. I guess it's more of a soft reset if you think about it. I, it is a soft reset, yeah. switching anything off. And, right. it, and it took about 10 either. seconds and the Tesla logo appeared on the screen and I was back in business and going. And I was like, this is the first weirdness I've had. That was really like, I'm like, what is going on? And yeah. I'm thinking instantly, I thought to myself, this would never happen in any other car. Like, this is totally like the Silicon Valley <laughs> beta mentality thing. And right. honestly, look, some people are going to, I can imagine some people already like picking out their pitchforks. You can leave your pitchforks now because it won't change the, my mind about this car. Like, I knew what I was getting into when I bought it. Okay. This is yeah. not a problem for me. Also, like, I mean... If, you can't go around saying that other cars don't have other other issues. They may not be as you know, I guess Silicon Valley as as Tesla's uh, occasional problems. But and obviously we're not going to get into the the um, self driving the the major issues, you know, because neither you or nor I have had a a rolling incident where the car has failed us in a yeah, dangerous absolutely. way. But yeah, no, I, I was in a Prius Prime, and it's you know I I forgot something happened with its head unit. I was in a Chevy Bolt whose head unit just died for no reason, like. I've had problems in other cars. These are just different sorts of problems. And I can, at least I know how to reboot this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I know, I remember my Golf R's head unit, which was a nav head unit, uh, once was blank as well like that. And I just, yeah. the difference was I turned off the car with the ignition and turned it back on with the ignition and it rebooted. Yeah. It's, not, it's oh, just actually, a different I mean, way true. to do it, right? I mean, well, you, and none of it measures up to the bugs that I had in my, you know, 1985 Chrysler LeBaron, where every 10th time I tried to start it, the armature on the fuel pump would get stuck and i'd have to crawl under the car and literally wail on the fuel pump with a wrench <laughs> yes that's pretty that's pretty common it's like uh, hitting your starter motor with a hammer uh that's <laughs> yeah. a good one too but yeah. wait look did you say Chry- 1985 chrysler lebaron does that I mean had... it talked was it the talking one it was not the talking your one i did have the fuel economy jar. computer though is a jar. <laughs> no your i did have a possessed a electrical jar. system i never had the talking one. Oh, they were but so I had, good I had two lebarons 
my friends, we used to, in college, we used to pull out the electronic module that spoke and make oh, it really? other things. Yeah, you could reprogram it. It was a uh, EEPROM. So I wish I'd had that one. Off and, you <laughs> may, and so we, could, we couldn't like reprogram the voice because it was synthesized voice. It wasn't actually Right, it wasn't form. made from phonemes or whatever. So yeah. what, but we could, it, we could scramble the phonemes, right? <laughs> so you could say your jar is a door. You know, like you could <laughs> so we made that do, we made it do that. It was great. All you needed uh, is uh, take, take some tools to take this thing, the module out, then an EEPROM programmer and some assembly skills. You were good to Are go. You, you haven't had, you haven't had fun with a LeBaron until you've blown a head gasket on the highway at 70 miles an hour. That's, that's when you start to really have a good time behind the wheel. You can't see me right now, but I'm cringing. Uh, yeah. so, uh, what was I going to say? So, yeah. So, you know, the, here's a, some quick pros and cons we might not have covered yet. So I'm very satisfied with the car. It is fast. The instant torque is awesome. It handles and rides well. I feel like it's a really nice balance between, like, sporty balance between stiff and comfortable, just like like my cars. I don't like my cars to be floaty boats. And, of mm -hmm. course, without air suspension, there's no adjustment. So I was really hoping it'd be more on the stiff and sporty side, which it is. Some people might not like it, but that's how I like my car. So I'm happy there. Seats are great. Uh, the, it does feel a little isolated though, compared to the cars that I, I have driven, even newer cars that are, it feels like, you know, it, you're trying to be cocooned. It's kind of like a pod. In fact, hmm. I've called the, I've finally named the car. It's called the space pod. Space pod. Because yes. it's a space, it's basically a spaceship, but it also kind of feels like a pod. Um, <laughs> so it's, and, and it's a sleeper. It's super fast and kind of like falls under the radar because it just looks like a blur of blue sedan going by. And so in that sense, it's pretty awesome because, you know, it'll get me from point A to point B pretty quickly without being noticed like I would be in my Porsche, for example. Um, the auto park and summon features are kind of crazy. Like in crazy as in like the cool factor is off the charts. The first time you use the self-parking and it, you know, you're like, wow. Like, I mean, I do it faster myself still. I'm a really great parallel parker, but, and I'm, I'm, I'm always a little worried it's going to scrape the rims on, on auto park mode. So I'm, I always have my foot hovering over the brake because I don't want to damage oh, yeah. the rims, right? Uh, yeah. Having scraped the rims on a Model 3, I uh, know how bad that oh, feels. Oh, through auto park? Uh, no, it was no, my own, was dumb, own dumb, dumb self. Yeah, well, that's common of any car, right? I mean, there's the rims are you want to preserve them best you can, and eventually yeah. you'll scrape them. It's just a matter of time. Anyway, but the point is, it's pretty amazing, and the summon is really cool. The summon you you haven't tried it on the three because it <laughs> no, actually turned I, I, on the day before I could, took delivery as a feature. Oh, nice! And so yeah, no, I've only tried it on the S. I'm not quite sure what it's supposed to do. I've gotten it to work in so far that I can get it to go into a, a perpendicular parking spot like a garage and out mm -hmm. but i don't know like i thought it was more like a puppy and it was supposed to follow you if you're near the car or something that doesn't seem to be happening i so, don't remember we you know like I, it was such a it had such a limited usefulness for me for for the, all the use cases i could dream up that i sort of immediately dismissed it but uh with the model s back in 2016 that we played with you know you double click the hood of the thing or whatever now that opens the front You'd click the top button or something, yeah, and the car would just kind of app, crawl you have to along. Hold, you have to hold it down, and it crawls along, yeah. yeah but it basically yeah. just goes forward or backwards, and then it steers a bit if it starts finding obstacles in its way, but it's it's a gimmick. But it's very cool gimmick. Like, you're not in the car, and you're driving the car with a freaking remote control. Who hasn't want a full-size <laughs> remote control car? Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, things I don't Fair. like. There are some things I don't like. Uh, the turning radius is kind of meh. By that, I mean that it's not a the best turning radius. It's also not the worst, but it's kind of average. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm used to pretty good turning radii on my various vehicles, so it's a bit of a surprise. Um, I have to admit that the interior looks and feels cheaper than 
what this car is costs, you know, with uh, the long range battery and the premium interior, it's about a fifty-seven, fifty-eight thousand dollar car, depending on the color options and wheel options. Yes. And and look, it doesn't feel cheap. Okay, it feels like a it feels like a nicely equipped Camry, right? Like it's solid, it's well built, the materials are okay. There's no, by the way, I have no defects on my car, no gap, no gaps anywhere that are misaligned. No. Oh, really? Notes. You don't have any panel? Oh no, weirdness? It's, it's tops. I clearly oh, they've fixed all that. Yeah, even Good. the interior, same stuff. But I feel like the materials are not going to wear out very well. Like they feel cheap to me. Uh, compared to like a Porsche, or Mercedes, a BMW, an Audi of the same price. Like mm. I would dare to say that my Golf R, that was a thirty-five thousand dollar car in two thousand twelve when I bought it, uh, probably has better materials and fit and finish and a quality interior than this Tesla. But not yeah. by much. I mean, it's it's just an observation based. I do love the minimalistic kind of IKEA vibe of it, but <laughs> IKEA Theo, vibe. Yeah, Theo doesn't like it. They they feel it's too simplistic somehow. Uh, I get that. I totally get that. Because you look at that cockpit and you're like, well, what am I supposed to do? It, it does come back to our thing before, but I will take the other side. Even though Miriam, I got very quickly used to that center console uh-huh. single screen, I have to say, I still, every time I get behind the wheel of a Model S again and I see a proper instrument cluster, a, a more nice. conventional cockpit, it is nice. It's reassuring and it's even mirrored on the outside. You know, the instrument cluster and the faux radiator are kind of the same shape. It's kind of a cool little detail. That's like, a good point. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff about the Model S that I actually like better, which is which is interesting because you can get a used Model S for the same price as a Model 3. Yeah, right. right? Decision, decision. Yeah. For sure. I, uh, the other thing that um, I was surprised, you can't close the windows remotely from the app. Uh, and I think... I, you cannot? One of my, no, you cannot. And one of my friends mm-hmm. chimed in who apparently knows the lawyers and he said that the reason I can do it on the key fob on my Porsche is because the key fob has a range where I'm basically near the car. Mm-hmm. But with the app, you could do it when the car is not near you. And so uh, they don't want to be liable if you have a kid or a dog in there and it overheats, sure. you know, even though you can, of course, turn the air conditioning on remotely and cool the car, which is so cool. Oh, it you is. Know, yeah. Oh, my God. It certainly takes up battery life, but it's so cool. Um, what else? I mean, I wish it was easier to select between multiple Bluetooth devices because it's a little cumbersome to jump through the menus to pick the phone you want. You probably would understand this because, like me, you carry multiple phones. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm not a big fan of the blinkers, but that's uh, that's BMW and Lexus also have this problem. A lot of manufacturers now where instead of physically staying in the position you put them in, they always go back to, to the, middle, the middle position. Right, mm-hmm. and you have two detents basically. One that has a triple blink, and the more stays in that mode until you manually cancel. You turn the wheel back, and it auto cancels. You know, a lot of cars are like that, but I don't like. I never have liked it on the BMWs. I like it when I physically can feel where the blinker is with my finger, and also I don't like the auto three blink. I like to sometimes blink twice. I'm sorry, I'm that jerk. <laughs> uh, I, and so for me, I wish it was a selectable. On the BMW, you can set it to one blink, three blinks, five blinks, whatever. Um, oh my God, I can't imagine like going out of my way to set the number of blinks on my turn signal. That's I would only want to be able wow. to turn it back to one. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, because I want to basically hold it as long as I, like I want to hold the first detent as long as I want to blink. Oftentimes right. I do that. Uh, because right. I know I'm only going to blink five or six times, and, and you know my fingers just going to stay on there for that long. Uh, anyway, it's just a small learning curve, and I wish the sound of the blinker was less American car-y. It kind of has that kind of hollow sound to it, rather than yeah. the mechanical precision of the the Germans. 
It's a trap. So anyway, that's just uh, getting used to. I mean, there's. I'm gonna do a little Facebook post of. Uh, there's a number of firsts for me about this car. It's my first American car, my first electric car, my first uh, sedan. Uh, there's a whole bunch mm-hmm. of firsts, and I'll list them all in, uh, in in a Facebook post soon. Um, so yeah, look, the delivery. Other than the, so you know, once I set everything up, I drove the car out. They took it to the supercharger. I signed the paperwork, which literally took ten seconds. I signed two pieces of paper, mm-hmm. and that was it. We were done. Uh, at that point, it became my car. Uh, so the paperwork side, awesome. Um, the delivery aspects, honestly, if the biggest issue for me was a charge and the fact that my expectations were more of a one-on-one experience when really they apparently have been doing groups in non like in their non-flagship locations for, for quite a while. So that's to be expected, but I didn't expect it. So that's why I'm, you know, I was a little surprised, I guess. Right. Um, but all in all, I'm loving the car. It's certainly, uh, an attention grab a lot of people have asked me when i get out of the car or get in the car like they want to talk about oh it, yeah questions. Oh, totally yeah and then, uh it is certainly a bit of a learning curve and getting, getting used to not having to deal with keys everything being automatic uh, i want to add one last thing is i finally did try autopilot uh not on a freeway yet but like on an expressway a four-lane expressway with a double yellow line in the middle and it works exactly as advertised the best benefit i've reaped from it so far has been uh Bumper to bumper, stop and go traffic getting on an, on a curvy on ramp. You know yep. where there's a metered light at the end. I was just mm-hmm. I just put an autopilot and I, I I mean I kind of kept my hand on the wheel and kept my eyes out the window, but I was kind of daydreaming and it just stop and go stop and go and follow the road and follow the car. It was amazing. I was like, this really does reduce the cognitive load so much for these kind of things that on a stick shift car you're tons, constantly you know. Sh- Feathering the clutch and oh god, you know, that would be exhausting yeah. and, and traffic. And I, I'm used yeah. to it. I do it. It's not a huge Ugh. deal, but well, I just got my first taste of California traffic on my last trip out there, and I understand exactly what you mean. And yeah, I've, having used autopilot in traffic like that, I, it's really, that, it's, really you know, such a relief. I think until I drive it down to SF soon, which I'm planning to do a couple of weeks from now, uh, I won't really experience what autopilot is like on long drives, and then I'll have some feedback. I have certainly you noticed. Should do a live video. Ah, no, that's dangerous. No, I mean, just mounted, you know, suction cup mounted and just... Yeah, you maybe. Know, just just, just um, go. If I can find signal up there in the mountains, that's the challenge when you go mm. I-5 down the West Coast. Uh, some areas mm. don't have signal. That's so true. that'll be interesting to see if the, how much I can stream music with the LTE. I don't know whose network they're using for LTE. It'll be really I, interesting to find out. It's AT&T, isn't it? Yeah, I want to so say that's AT&T. Gonna, that's not going to be working very well in some parts up there. Mm. Um, so, Leon, there's you my idea for XM. I did buy a Bluetooth transmitter. Um, I haven't tested it yet that can plug into a USB port for power and oh. uh, that I can it has an auxiliary input and that transmits that to Bluetooth. So as A2DP, oh. AptX, in fact. So I'm going to yes. use that as my auxiliary input so I can plug in my, my XM radio and other things. Like if I have my mini disc player, okay? Yeah. I still use my mini disc player. Repping the mini okay? disc player. Absolutely. Yeah. I got yeah. one right here. Exactly. Come on. Oh, I like to God, mix yes. generations of technology in this kind of weird way. <laughs> Uh, there you is know, some like, music that I only own on Minidisc. That's see, how I, ridiculous. I, in I am. fact, I also have music only on on Minidisc because I know the Minidiscs are never going to age. They're actually exactly. very, very reliable. They don't suffer from CD rot and stuff. So, yeah. yeah, we'll see. I'll let you know when I use. I, I might take a picture of my mini display on the on the dash of my Model Three and freak uh, everyone the f out. It'll be so <laughs> it'll be awesome. Perfect. Yes. Um, <laughs> so autopilot so far, I can totally see how when. The lines it's following, one of them gets wider to split into a new lane, 
or like an exit or something, I can totally see how sometimes it hesitates and it generally will default to following the car in front of you. But yeah. I can see now how these accidents have happened. The couple of them that have been reported, you know? Oh, how, yeah. And how, the... Yeah. And, and honestly, I would really keep my eyes on the road and my hand You've on the road. You've got to. You absolutely have to. Because it, it, it lulls you into this sense of like, well, now I don't need to pay attention at all. And then as happened the very first time I used it, we came upon a curve in the road that it was too much for it to handle. And it did... You know, it did what it was designed to do. It yelled at me with a bunch of tones and threw the steering back at me. But if I hadn't been ready, like, I would have been in the field, you yeah, know? Yeah. I, I think that, you know, as a, somebody who understands the science and the math and the physics and the engineering behind this car, and as a, and a driving enthusiast who's really much, really used to being in control and c- controlling everything, into, including shifting my own gears, mm-hmm. I am hyper aware when I'm on, on autopilot how little... It knows really because with the sensors it has a single radar sensor forward, a bunch of cameras around the car, and a bunch of ultrasonic. ultrasonic sensors around the car. And in fact, I don't think the side cameras are active yet. It's only using the rear and front cameras right now. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really have enough data to be able to make the kind of decision us humans make. I don't even think it's using stereo cameras in the front for depth perception. So we have that as humans. We have two eyes. Most yeah. of us humans have two eyes. Sorry to those of you who are minions. Uh, and <laughs> did have you a get monocle? Did, did you? <laughs> yeah, sort of General Chang. Um, did you get the uh, what's it called? The uh, self-driving future-proofing package. The uh, uh, the three thousand dollar one. Yeah, yeah. I did not. Yeah, I, I think I left that off. Too. No, it's just no need. Honestly, I don't. Right. I'm not even planning on keeping the car that long. Oh, nice. I mean, I mean, for me, I'm honestly thinking in two years or so. When le- basically when leases become available on the dual motor performance, I'll probably get a lease on dual motor performance and trade it in. Did you do single motor or just dual motor standard, not performance? Perf- I will get dual, dual. I'll get dual motor performance if I. What get do you it. have? What oh, do you this, have now? It's rear wheel drive. I didn't have the. It's, it's okay. the regular three ten mile range. Like so. Uh, That's right. It's a large battery premium model rear wheel drive. At the time. Like basically a week after I built mine in, in April, they announced the dual motor and premium. I didn't even have the <laughs> yeah. option. You actually have the option. So, I Mr. Do. Mobile, what's it going to be, by the way? Are you going to tell us live here? Not live. Uh, it's not a live show. But are you going to tell us here on the podcast? You're going to keep it to yourself. Are you going to get the Model 3? Oh, I'm so, so tempted. You know what's crazy? I really enjoyed not having to make the decision. You and I were talking in Europe. Like it, th- so this true. Is, it's so crazy how this happened because you and I were talking and I said basically the same thing. I'm like, you know what? I'm glad my invitation hasn't come in yet because I honestly don't know what I'm going to do. And literally like two hours later that same night, my invitation came in. Yeah. Um, so I spent some time the other day customizing it, doing the hypothetical thing, running through, selecting my paint job, doing all that stuff. Uh, I decided not to do performance. I did dual motor, but not performance, blah, blah, blah. And I came out with this order that's like, wow, this this car that I agreed with myself that I would buy two years ago for $35,000 is a, is a $60,500 car. Ouch. And that's that's madness for me, who currently, regardless of my future plans currently lives in a city where owning a car makes no sense like boston i don't understand people who own cars in boston i really don't get it there's a zip car in every single corner public transit is reliable sometimes and you can basically walk if you don't have a you can't get to any of that so it makes no sense for me right now particularly with these uh terms they're offering on the site with you know I haven't run my credit or done anything, but it's like my girlfriend's like 3.7% APR. What the, 
Dear God. Yeah. Honestly, you know, don't don't do that. Get a no, get a credit union or something. I I got a much much better interest rate. But the thing is, Good. the problem is this: is I initially got approved at an even lower rate because, uh, you know, when I when I placed my order April twenty third, you know, I immediately went and priced basically my my financing, and mm-hmm. I got my credit union was the best, so I went with them, and then the the basically the loan approval period lapsed because it took so long for them oh, to bring me my car, so right. I had to reapply, and you know the interest rates have been going up, so I got a yeah. now oh, I have a higher sucks. interest rate. It's still oh, no. really good, but I've got a higher interest rate, and so you. You, that's the other thing I would say that if you're on the fence right now, consider two things. Consider your federal discount mm-hmm. and consider your um, your interest rates because oh, well. there's no indication they're going to open leasing anytime soon. And in yeah. fact, they're banking on most of us buying the dual motor or the performance version because they make more profit on that. Well, now I have a question that I think probably some other people will be interested in too because I think a lot of people are going to be finding themselves in the same position as me. How long can you sit on an invite email? Because I just got them. They just reminded me yesterday. They sent me another email. It's like, hey, reminder, you're invited to customize your Tesla. Interesting. I They told me it was infinite, but I would really double check on that. At the yeah. time, I actually called them and asked them about that at the time. I'm and they said, yeah, there's no that. limit. You can okay. sit on that as long as you want. But they might, you know, it's Tesla. They might change their minds. Uh, ultimately, <laughs> yeah. they're in the business of selling cars. They need to be profitable. They need to make a profit. I just right. gave them money so that they can survive as a company. Most, most importantly, they gave me a car in exchange. Was so very I feel generous good about yeah. I, I feel good about that exchange, <laughs> actually, frankly. But uh, it worked out as you'd expect. The capitalism would work. Yeah. But, uh, huh. but uh, you know, I think for services. I think that's what it is, right? So they're optimizing for that. And uh, you know, for me, I think getting that federal. Uh, discount was really important. And mm-hmm. I want to be an early adopter. I kind of already pretty much counted on increasing my budget to have a, a monthly payment starting basically sometime in 2018. No, so. I definitely, I did too. And I, I want to be in the conversation and I'm interested. I'm just like, I'm a nerd for the thing. I want to own it. But it is literally, I mean, it's not quite literally, but I, it, it's, it's almost literally double what I was budgeting for. Yeah. And I think this is the problem that a lot of people are are running into. And yeah, yeah, yeah. If you know more about cars, you should learn to expect it. And obviously this is how the company is going to stay afloat and all that. I get it. I just was expecting to pay half. So here's <laughs> what my recommendation would be. And I know it's kind of crazy because you're in the Northwest, but I know that we've discussed- Northeast. Yeah, sorry. The Northeast. I always say mm-hmm. Northwest because that's where <laughs> yeah, I spent a huge amount of my time over the last 20 years. Because mm-hmm. uh, I used to live in Vancouver, BC and Seattle. Uh, anyway, uh, what I'm saying is that for the Northeast, you know, you think you don't, you know, you obviously the dual motor makes sense. But here's the thing, you know, are you always going to be living in the Northeast? Number one. Number mm, two. Probably not. Exactly. So number two, honestly, I don't think you need the all-wheel drive. You can take that out. Uh, and the other thing you would say is get the 18-inch tires, save yourself $1,500. Because, look, there's going to be a very soon a flourishing market of aftermarket rims for this car. True. I bought it because I kind of had budgeted it. and uh, but, but I would totally, you know, consider buying the 18s if I wanted to save a bit of money. And then if you really want to save a little bit additional money, like don't spend $1,000 on a fancy paint job. And you can bring it down to... Uh, yeah, but now there's no way I'm not getting that blue there. Yeah, like you look at all blue, the other color it. options. It's I've done. seen so many silver Teslas. It's like I have yeah, to have the blue. Right. But but the modifications you suggest, which I just did, bring it down to 55, which is... I think yeah, that's, you know, that's, yeah, yeah, I think, look, consider that because honestly, yeah, the dual motor is a little more sure-footed, especially in inclement weather. But having driven in my life many cars, 
from front to rear to all-wheel drive, performance all-wheel drive, off-road all-wheel drive. I've driven them all. Yes, all-wheel drive is nice, but that should not be a determining factor, honestly. Yeah. If it's the, the factor is do you need to drive so often that all-wheel drive really becomes warranted? If you're like me and you just drive for errands every now and then, it's not. You're better off investing in a good set of snow tires, frankly. Right. Because yeah, remember, this call. car is completely computer controlled, has torque vectoring on the rear wheel. So it's basically, as long as it can get traction from those snow tires, you're going to get really good performance in inclement weather, especially in snow and ice. It's a good point. So, you know, yes, technically, of course, all-wheel drive makes more sense. But at the same time, if it saves you whatever, 3,000, mm. 5,000, whatever it is, yeah. then, you know, I would, you know, I would consider that. And that way you can get on the party. And again, you know, you can do the same as me. I got... The longest, fi- not longest, but I got a very long financing term because I don't plan to keep it that long. This car is going to get sold. <laughs> right. Like, there's no way. In fact, yeah. I'll probably make sure I sell it when it's still uh, when it's still holding its value because there's still demand and people will want to buy it. Oh, man. I just flashed forward to like, you know, 10 years in the future when there's just, every, you know, there's so many beat up Model 3s you know, on, on <laughs> yeah. the road. Yeah. My, uh, my producer drives a Prius that I think is from like, t- it's like 10 years old and it's just so... So destroyed because it's just, you know, being used all the time. And I'm like, wow, this is, uh, we're going to be in, um, what was it called? Looper? When all yeah. the cars are uh, like hoopties with the, the, the tack on solar that's panels. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, you know, I think that's, that's what I would suggest at that point. And, and I understand, yeah. like, you know, if you can't I, do the, the other thing is remember, you can take off the aero wheel covers off of the 18 inch wheels and the, their, the rims underneath are actually really badass. Ooh, yeah, I might do that because I can't stand those wheel covers. And there's covers a center cap kit that costs 50 bucks from Tesla you can buy to kind of cover the center cap where the aero wheel was covering the, 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 the nuts, the wheel right. nuts. So that it doesn't look like, you know, you lost your <laughs> wheel cover, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, look, yeah. that's that's an alternative. Consider that. Cool. And yeah, sure, so the, aero, the aero wheels have more, are more efficient than the 19th even in terms of uh, range, right? But yeah. I, I picked the 19th because they're a higher performance tire. Oh, and they just, they well. look so good. Right? It's not just too. the wheel you're getting, it's the tire, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I will, uh, I'll let you know uh, next time we speak what, we uh, what, what, what my decision has come to. So we had a bunch of other topics. I don't think we have much time for them. Uh, let me look at what's really important so that sure. we can maybe at least focus on a few phone news. Okay, let's talk quickly about the Moto Z3 Play. Because uh, yes. you reviewed it as a video, which I will link in the show notes. Thank and you. I am in the process of reviewing it. I'm, well, I've been playing with that enough to give you a verdict now. But I'm reviewing yeah. it for Geekspin, so I'll have that review sometime next week. Um, okay. Do I, tell what, us what you see, think. Because can I, think, I tell you that I was so paranoid about running my review because I just, you know, periodically I'll, I'll look around and be like, oh, is there an embargo I missed or something? And I'm just looking around and no one no has embargo. reviewed the thing. There's no embargo. So I actually pinged uh, someone at Mobile Nations just to double check at Android Central and he was like, uh, yeah, there's a, there is an embargo. I'm like, oh, there is? He's like, yeah, it's a uh, it's an apathy embargo. <laughs> no one has prioritized this device. I'm like, okay. Um, but yeah, no, I ran it. I It's definitely got some cool things going for it. I praise Motorola for following through on that promise. They said, hey, we're going to support mods for three years. And what do you know? They've done it for three years. I think that's really great. I find that admirable. I personally love playing with mods. Um, this phone should not be four ninety nine. 
that's the it's biggest possible to look at it and know that one plus six is out there for 30 bucks exactly. more and that's it just thing. outclasses it at every turn i mean one plus is really kicking everybody's ass right now because yeah. like you wouldn't buy a key two if you had any kind of sense on you other than the keyboard well, no, that's, you wouldn't yeah, buy a Z3. that's different that's yeah, for weirdos like us exactly and you wouldn't buy a z3 play you know, if you're again, because unless you have mods and you dig them, I really there's 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 no reason. I mean, the battery life is insane, especially with that built-in battery mod that they ship with it. Yes. Oh right? my god. I mean, I literally I, ended the ended a twelve-hour day at eighty percent. I've given up on charging the, the phone. I just want you guys to all to know. I've, I'm at the point now. I think I'm day four. And nice. I'm not using it much, right? It's just in my pocket mostly. Like every now and then I'll pull it out and check an email or something. Yeah, it's. I think it has infinite battery life. I think they've invented some yeah. sort of nuclear power plant that's in there. <laughs> because a perpetual I, motion machine yeah, on the mod. I, I mean, that's another reason. Of course, um, um, uh, you know, proper Verizon and Sprint support is another good yep, reason. Yeah, that's, that's nice. You can't um, get that with the OnePlus 6. That's very so, important. So it does continue some of the themes from the, 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 the Z Play models that we've liked. We've all loved them in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, a bummer, I know you don't care, but for me is the lack of headphone jack this time around because the previous Z3s, sorry, Z Plays were always the one with the headphone jack. Um, I do dig the, the bigger uh, 89 screen. Um, mm-hmm. but I don't understand, like you said in your review, why they don't, didn't put the power lock key underneath the fingerprint reader. Oh yeah. That's so I crazy. Mean, next bit did it right. Sony did it yeah, right. Sony like, did, and we asked them, you know, we had like a five minute conversation about this and none of the answers they gave seemed like real answers. It doesn't like, make any sense. Yeah. It's faster if you separate them. Is nope. it? Nope. I don't think it is. Nope. You're full of S. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know. I think I think to me it's a mixed bag mostly. Like if it was 400 bucks, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. And and you can get it for 450 on Amazon Prime exclusive, so that's something. And the mod being in the box is a nice touch. Oh, it's such a great thing and I wish they'd done it sooner. It's a you're right. I mean, there are reasons to buy it. I also am kind of annoyed that the Moto features that I like have gotten buggier over time. Yeah, um, I don't have. I haven't experienced too much of that. Yeah, but, you're no. like when you fire up that camera, it goes every time when you do Seems the twist twist. Yeah, uh, man, I don't know. You're doing it wrong, Michael. Apparently, didn't apparently, Steve Jobs uh, tell you you're holding it yeah. wrong? Well, what is this like? Apparently, five years of using Moto X and Moto Z devices. I haven't mastered the wrist twist yet. I think they might have changed the implementation. I don't use it as much in the first place as you do, so I don't know. Yeah, um, other people are reporting the same on well, the G. I clearly the G6 haven't used and, it enough. That's basically what's happening. Uh, look, the other thing is, you know, it's a mid-range. The other thing that's hard for me to swallow, you, you know, for 500 is that it's a Snapdragon 636. I mean, it's, it's like, okay, it's it's fine, but it's not like that great. Yeah. I mean, my thing is like Motorola really does a good job of making it speedy still. Yes. I mean, I think that's awesome. And I don't really want an 820 or an 835 or an 845 day to day. No. I do miss that processor when it comes to the camera and image processing. Exactly. And that's though. exactly the problem. That camera, I got $500. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's fine compared to the previous uh, uh, Z2 Play and Z1 Play. It's certainly an evolution and improvement, but it's not even remotely the same league. It's just like the BlackBerry Key 2. It doesn't, it just doesn't compete. And yeah. it, when you can get for thirty dollars more, you can get a, a the OnePlus <laughs> camera, which finally which this is time really is sorted. Pretty good, yeah. yeah. Tough. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, but if you have a collection of mods, though, and also I will say this: this has been mentioned a lot on this podcast when you and I have spoken about Moto mods. I have often said the thing where it's like, yeah, if you want to carry a lunchbox along with your phone, you can get the most of Moto mods. <laughs> but I think it 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 does come down to the fact though that. 
if you told me that I could have the Moto Z3 Play and two Moto mods, the you know the JBL Sound Boost and the Turbo Power battery mod, I think I would still be happier with that phone than I would carrying around with what I do now. Carry around a phone and a big old anchor battery pack. Yeah. And like a UE roll too. I love how I you have all these sleeves where it's amazing. Oh yeah. What's well, that droid? It's the Verizon case from the first gen Moto Z. Oh, it actually came with that? They had a case for yeah. that? Oh wow. Yeah. I and then like I repurposed it. the sleeve from Line Dock for another shot. But uh yeah, you don't have to carry around a backpack. You can just carry around two mods and you know what's crazy is like my stepdad has a an old Moto Z that I am letting him borrow and he loves it. He loves the mods. Okay. Oh. You know, there are some people who are really into it. Like I have yeah. a friend who has a, an original Moto Z Force, I think. And mm-hmm. They're like, last year, they're like, should I upgrade to the Z2 Force? And I'm like, no. And you're like, no, 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 no. don't do that. <laughs> and uh, remember that phone? Yeah, that disaster of, of a phone? Oh. God, I, I'm really hoping and, and, that you know, if we see of, a Z3, the, the it's going to be better. I, I kind of wouldn't, I, would, I hate to say this, but honestly, it feels to me like the, the dual camera system on the Z3 Play is potentially better sorted than the dual camera on the Z2 Force was last year. Boy, it's possible. I just <laughs> I, I used the Z2 Force as as little as, as I could, possible. and then I got away from it. <laughs> oh yeah, God, it was Ugh. so sad. Yeah. Oh, and the delaminating screen. Oh man, I just you breathed on that thing, and it would get scratched. And sure, people, it's never going to shatter. But okay. literally, it delaminated on people. I did not know that. Oh yeah, that was they had so many returns. We oh. were lucky because our review units, I think the press, most of their devices were maybe early production or something, and they were pretty solid. But I heard some horror stories. Yeah. Ouch. Um, anyway, look, we can't talk about the rest. Um, I'll just quickly say Microsoft made a new Surface. Go check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, oh, and yeah. that's basically the rest is really not that interesting. Oh, maybe the XT- HTC has announced that their weird uh, <laughs> phone, the Exodus, phone. what is the blockchain phones? is I, actually shipping sometime this year. So hmm. I, I read that whole article and I still don't understand what the purpose of a blockchain phone is. Neither then do again, I, but we'll I, discover yeah. it. We'll find that out. You know, yeah. we didn't know we needed a Model 3 either, right? Until <laughs> That's a um, So I'm given a... I think it's going to be the rebirth of HTC. I'm calling it now, Michael. All right. Wow. Uh, you heard it totally, here first. Totally have no idea what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm just making yeah. that up. I'm just trying to be p- pitiful towards their grand, their grand demise. Yeah. Oh. You and Ed Big uh, were, were very... Um, uh, suitably depressed uh, last in last week's conversation about we try not to HTC's be, but it's hard moves. not to be. Well, I don't mean depressed. I just mean respectful, I suppose. Yes. Mm, yeah. It's just look. I always have a fun, I have a sweet spot for HTC. It's the same sweet spot within BlackBerry that BlackBerry and Nokia yeah. live in. It's that yeah. wonderful part of my heart that's slightly charred on the corners. Um, <laughs> that uh, is a little you know worn out and tired, but still has. I I love these guys. I want them to do well. I will always praise them when I can. But they're gonna stop making stupid mistakes. Bah. Yeah. Am I wrong that the um U12 Plus still hasn't gotten a software update yet? Yeah, I think you're right that they. Yeah. yeah it's. I was expecting that a story. few days ago, and I don't know where where it is, but I'm waiting to review it until they fix those buttons. Oh, so. you're waiting still. You haven't reviewed it yet. No, what what happened was I was late enough to, with my review that I would have just ended up saying the same thing everyone else did because right. those buttons are not good right oh now. Oh my God, so bad. So I, I was like, well, I've heard a rumor that I was expecting a software update um, a long time ago, actually, at this point. And so I decided to hold it until then, but it hasn't shown up yet. Yeah. Well, let's hope. So, let's hope. Yeah. Uh, Michael, tell people where they can find you. Oh, Yes, I'm on the internet at uh, the <laughs> Mr. Mobile, T H E M R M O B I L E, predominantly on YouTube, 
but also on Instagram and Twitter and places like that. And I guess Instagram TV, because this is a thing we're still doing, I suppose. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I really appreciate you having me on, Miriam. This has been a lot of fun, as it always is. Yeah, thank you so much. And especially on, on uh, helping me out on such short notice. I really appreciate it. Uh, no, you guys, I'm honored. Uh, yeah, you guys know where you can find me. Uh, Tank Girl on Twitter, that's TNKGRL. Like the comic book character without the vowels, just drop the them and you get my handle. It's also the same handle on Instagram. And you can find me on YouTube at Miriam Joir. So slash uh, YouTube.com slash Miriam Joir. It's my full name spelled out, Miriam with a Y. Uh, that's basically where most of my content live. The YouTube channel is just complimentary videos to the podcast. Like, for example, my uh, uh, delivery video for my Model 3, which obviously is kind of hard to describe in words on a podcast. You kind of have to watch the, the video, right? And <laughs> uh, so I encourage you to subscribe to you know this podcast. If you haven't yet, mobiletechpodcast.com is where you can find the URL. You can also find us on uh, iTunes, uh, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Slacker, Stitcher, everywhere. Uh, look for Mobile Tech Podcast and my handle Tanker all to just narrow down the search a little bit. Um, and uh, you know, subscribe, subscribe to the YouTube channel, like the videos there. They're not remotely as professional as Michael's videos, but oh, I just kind of whip them together. A lot of them are live, which is kind of fun because live video yeah, is a thing. But generally, it's, it's in, yeah, it's, it's, cool. it's in portrait mode live video on these weird platforms that everybody uses kids these days. Ugh. You know, I'm using good old landscape still. Um, yeah. How old yeah. school of us. I know, right? Uh, I want to give a quick thanks before we leave to our uh, to, to, to my sponsor, which is Audible, audible.com. Uh, go check it out. Uh, it's a great way to get audiobooks. It's the platform for audiobooks. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to be able to maybe listen to some audiobooks in that Tesla. The sound system is so, so good. So <laughs> it'll, it'll be fun. Uh, um it's uh, go go check it out at uh, audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. That's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. If you click on that link, you support the podcast. I encourage you to do it, especially if you don't have an account already. So that's it. It's a wrap. Thanks, Michael. It's been fun. Thank you again, Miriam. This has been wonderful. And I will hopefully we'll do this again soon. Yeah, we will. You you've been on the show three times or four times if I count on the public ones we've the done. Returning like the returning champion. Ones. Yeah, you're definitely yes. the returning champion, absolutely. <laughs> um so stay tuned for another show next week. I do have some really cool guests lined up, not next week, but like the week after and the week after, including a return of Tim. Um, but I have nice. something somebody very special that I've managed to secure that I yeah, I'm very excited to do a podcast with. And and of course, all him. my guests are awesome. You know that. That's the it's point. Tony I Danza. try to get... Just tell him right now. <laughs> Stan, uh, Danny Tanner. Absolutely. Tony Danza is coming on. Watch out. <laughs> Uncle Jesse. He's going to show up. Where did that come from, Michael? Uh, I don't know. I'm very tired. <laughs> okay. Well, go to sleep then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, folks. Catch you next week. Bye. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.